I'm Jesse, And I'm Stephanie. We are two Arizona realtors who have built multi-million dollar businesses using only social media. And now we're bringing you our best kept secrets and social strategies to grow your small business online. So grab your coffee and a notebook and let's dive into Socially Modern. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Socially Modern Podcast. I'm Jesse, And I'm Stephanie. And we are going to be talking about work-life balance today. And what does that even look like, right? Right. <laughs> I feel like this alert. is something question, like people ask this a lot. Sorry, I interrupted your spoiler no, alert. you're but good. No, people do ask us this all the time, like, a couple, I mean, a month ago, we were asking people what they wanted to hear on the podcast, and a couple of people had brought up, like, work-life balance, like, how do you achieve it, or or what does that look like, or, or something, and we get it. It's so tough as an entrepreneur, as well as if you're a new entrepreneur or a brand new real estate agent, like, especially if you've come from a nine-to-five where you've had someone telling you what to do all day, right, and then now you're on your own right and you don't have like a set schedule and so it's hard because we just don't know how to navigate that I think different entrepreneurs in different phases of their their careers too face it in different ways so if you're a new agent you're probably like super eager and you want to take that phone call even if it's nine o'clock at night or you know whatever that may look like because you're so eager and wanting to do it but at the same time when you do become, you know, a top producing agent or maybe you're in any kind of business and you're just very busy and you're almost overextended, it can feel very hard to create boundaries because you're like, there's just not enough hours in the day. Mm-hmm. And then you almost feel like selfish for taking that time and having those rules and having those boundaries. So um, I can assure you I've, I've been on both ends of it and I'm, yeah. you know, and we experience it in different ways. Um, but as an entrepreneur, you're going to experience it in all the different variations of where you're at in your career. Yes. And I think back to my spoiler alert, there's <laughs> no such thing as balance, guys. I think true balance is a lie. And just like Stephanie said, I think it's more about creating boundaries than achieving balance because boundaries help you maintain your sanity, but you'll never achieve true balance just like perfection is a lie ready is a lie like true balance is a lie in my opinion no I agree with you I agree with you it's just finding the new boundary in whatever you know phase that you're in in your business and it's going to change and you have to you know roll with the punches too I just think maybe in a w-2 world there there may be such a thing as work-life balance where you're able to just turn off work when you punch the clock and you can go home and enjoy, you know, your life, your family, your hobbies, whatever. But I think as entrepreneurs and self-employed people in a it's 1099 like world, it's not like that. Uh, and especially where a lot of us work from home and it's really hard to separate work from home when you are literally working from home. And the phone doesn't end, you know what I mean? You don't just leave the phone at the office. I mean, your phone is is your cell phone usually, and it's attached to you. So you see the texts coming in, and you see the calls coming in, and you're like, dang, I just want to scroll on, you know, Facebook or right. whatever. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, I could answer that right now. 
So I think like a good way that we can kind of, Jesse and I can share, you know, some of the areas that we have tried to create boundaries. And again, we're not perfect all the time. And I'll even share a recent experience with you. But, you know, it it may help you to hear some of these things from other professionals. I've always felt good when I hear other people's perspectives on boundaries in their business. So, you know, for me personally, I love taking Sundays off. Um, Sundays can be difficult to take off for me uh, just because it's another day of showings. The weekends are really busy as a realtor. Mm -hmm. And so I do sometimes struggle with taking Sundays off, but, um, on Sundays, I like to go to church. I like spending that time with my family and my kids. And we kind of have this rule where on Sundays, you know, we're not focused on work and we're really focused on like just play Mm -hmm. And it's something that we don't get to do with our kids super often. And so on Sundays, it's like, hey, let's go to church. Let's go to lunch. And then afterwards, let's go to Top Golf. Let's go to the arcade. Let's anything that's just fun. You know what I mean? And so that's something that I'm really trying to do. Um, Another thing that I like to do are no out of out of the house appointments on Mondays. So I will take phone calls and I'll definitely be on my emails. But Mondays are a day for me that like I get to the grocery store and, Mm -hmm. you know, I I, uh, you know, kind of set up for the week. It's essentially my Sunday, like Sunday is my Saturday and Monday is my Sunday. Yep. And then Mondays are a lot easier, especially if you're in the real estate world, at least in our market. A lot of the homes are coming, you know, off the market that day. We probably have a bunch of our offers already out. Mm -hmm. So really, I'm just fielding phone calls, client questions, things like that. I'm really not having to do a whole lot of out of the house appointments, which I love because I just want to put my hair in a bun that day. Yep. No makeup. Sweatpants. I have to get all dressed up and ready. (laughs) So I won't even do Zoom calls on Mondays um, for realistically anything. Um, I don't even set up team trainings on Mondays cause I just yeah. Monday, I can't even mentally do it. Um, so that's, those are two of my biggest like days that I like to try and take off. Um, another couple things that I do is no calls before working hours or after working hours. I think most people are, are good with the after hours mm-hmm. area, but the before working hours, just to elaborate on this a little bit is, you know, you may be awake, you may be getting ready, you may be taking your kids to school, but I just had this like general rule and I've been doing this, especially since my kids have been in school. Um, you know, when I was driving them to school or whatever, I wouldn't answer a call for work unless it was dire and I knew that it was, Mm -hmm. but otherwise it can wait 30 minutes or 40 minutes until that time that I have already like (laughs) determined in my mind for my business is an acceptable time to answer the phone and then be able to devote my time and energy to that, that client or phone call or whatever it's for. So that's really important. I feel like our phones can kind of get in the way. Yeah. You know, um, I think like, so for me, those are, those are some really similar boundaries to mine. Um, for me, I, I take Sundays off as well. Um, I'm more than happy to field calls and text messages and write offers if necessary. But Sundays are my like no working days, kind of like your no out of house appointments on Monday. I don't like to show on Sundays because sometimes in this market, Sundays is too late. 
but also like I learned this the hard way last year I, I was showing all weekend and then having no day to prep my house, clean my house, get my laundry done, you know, um, we're human too. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and, and I, I, that was falling into Monday, but I wasn't taking Monday off either. And so it was just, I ran into a ton of burnout, unfortunately. And so come 2021, I set that boundary for myself. I said, I'm not showing on Sundays anymore. And I've been very upfront with my clients about that. And I phrased it in a way that's like, not like, oh, I don't show on Sundays. It's, I need a day to be a human being and get my laundry done for the week and get my groceries purchased and all of that stuff. And, and I have not had one client that's been like, how dare you do that? You know, (laughs) all of them have been like, Oh, haha. Yeah. I totally get that. I'm the exact same way. Or Sunday is my laundry day too, or whatever. Right. Right. And we, we maybe get really in our heads too, because I, I still do it even after all these years, right? It's like, oh shoot, I need to be able to be super available. I need to do this. But our clients are also humans. They work during the week. They just like Jesse said, like that's their day to do laundry too. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely, you know, if I'm if I'm taking Sundays off and I know Jesse does this too, I will cram pack. Friday and Saturday with clients and Mm -hmm. my Saturdays can be very long, but I will try and get as much work done and as many showings and see as many clients as I can in that day so that I can get, you know, get that day off on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I will allow certain exceptions if it's like very urgent, the, you know what I mean? It was on my end that I couldn't get a client in. I may squeeze in a couple showings in the afternoon on Sunday, but that is like, you know, I try really hard not to. And like Jesse said, otherwise we experience burnout Mm -hmm. and then we aren't our best selves, especially to our clients, um, to our families. You can't fill from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And I recently experienced that. I literally made myself sick Yeah, because I was just super busy and I didn't respect my business boundaries. Mm -hmm. I was totally just letting it all go. Mm-hmm. And I was working every single day. I did it for weeks. And I know that we all run into this and we do it to ourselves. And I definitely started feeling sick and I was just so run down. I was literally, I was so exhausted that I was waking up and feeling like I hadn't slept. And that's not normal for me either. Mm-hmm. I feel like for the most part, I usually operate at a pretty high level. Um, I don't have to... <laughs> I require sleep, but I I feel pretty good if even on six hours of sleep, right? Yeah. So no, that was just not working for me. And it was a good reminder of like, hey, Steph, this is why you take Sunday off. This is why we don't do appointments on Monday because now you're just, you feel like crap. You're not at your best. You know, you could be operating at a higher level. Um, and so don't let that be you if you need that reminder right now. Our bodies are so interesting and I love this about like human anatomy and just humans in general is like your body will give you signs of when you need to relax and chill out. And I think when you're really in tune with your body and, and how, like, like you said, you knew that's the sign that you were get that your body was giving you was that you weren't sleeping as well as you normally do. And that was kind of your first clue 
And unfortunately, there are people that will push and push and push and then end up sick for weeks. And I did that. Because their body is just like done. Yep. They're like, all right, Steph, you've given me no choice. Here's a sickness. (laughs) Here's your illness. You're done. And it was. And it sucked because I did. I felt like crap. Yep. Absolute crap. I was exhausted. I actually hired an IV company to come out and hook me up with a bunch of vitamins and like B12, anything for energy and to kick that, you know, out of there. But I did. I ended up taking a whole two days off, Mm -hmm. you know, still answered calls and texts. So when I say off, I mean, I still had some (laughs) things I was doing, but no appointments. And it really helped me. Oh my gosh. That following week, I, I felt so much better. Yep. So much better. So make sure that you're listening to your body and you're really, you know, maybe that story will resonate with you, but we all do it. Mm -hmm. Get your life back together, (laughs) have boundaries Um, something else that, that I like to do is I actually use my calendar to schedule in personal appointments. Uh So, um, if I'm getting my hair done or I'm getting my nails done, or maybe it's like my daughter's birthday, anything like that, I actually schedule that day out Mm -hmm. and I will just let clients know that I'm in appointments for the day, Mm -hmm. you know, or I'm pre I'm pre-booked for that day. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I have availability this day and this day instead, whatever that looks like. Of course, I try and make sure that my showing days, like I've said, Fridays and Saturdays are very open. Mm-hmm. But during the week, we can all pretty much, and you, and you and your business, if you're not in real estate, you probably have days that you know are, you know, more busy or not busy or yeah. what day does it look like for you? Get it out of your head as a business owner that like Saturday and Sunday are your days off mm-hmm. because that may not look like your days off or maybe it does. Yeah you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I live and die by my calendar. Like (laughs) I am like a calendar person. Like I would not survive without my calendar. I'm the exact same as you when I have personal appointments, like when my dogs are getting groomed or when I have a, a client closing day, I will book out that whole day, block it off because I use a, a system called Calendly. And I know you do this too. Yes. I use Calendly for my buyer calls, seller calls, agent calls, whatever. And my calendar is linked to my Calendly and my Calendly will go look at my calendar and determine availability and I can set certain boundaries and certain rules for my availability. And it's so nice. It saved me so much sanity because I can literally just send a link to whoever I'm talking to say you can book using this link and then they do it and I get a confirmation and it goes on my calendar automatically and it saved me so much time. It saves you so much time and energy. It's so nice to have. And on top of that, like Jesse said, now you're not overbooked. And the Calendly links will not show your clients or potential clients availability on days that you've already blocked yourself off. So get yep. really dedicated to your calendar. Um, that was something that over the last year I've gotten a lot better about. I actually used to be a paper planner person, mm-hmm. but... And as much as I loved it, I do like writing things down. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had to get out of that because I had to have this like digital system so that, like Jesse said, clients could easily book. It took a a stress load off of me, some Mm -hmm. a task off of me. 
and and we were more organized. So yep. if you're like I was and you're still using a paper planner, you may want to convert yourself over to the Google Calendar system. And I promise you, like as a paper planner person, it has been a lifesaver. And I, I don't I won't go back to a paper planner at this point. Yeah, I used to be a paper planner person as well in college. Say that and then, five times fast, paper planner person. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a paper planner person <laughs> in college, and it worked for me then. And then when I got my first full-time job, which we kind of talked about a little bit on the last uh, uh, episode, a couple episodes ago, um, I started using the Google system with that company. And that's where I got really proficient in the Google drive system and whatever. And, and so that's when I ultimately converted and it's, it's amazing. I love it. No, it's so good. And actually Jesse has helped me with a lot of like the digital systems, uh, you know, cause I was kind of stuck in some of my old ways, mm-hmm. but, but once you reach a certain level or, and I would advise you, even if you haven't read reached a level of business where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I need to streamline some things. Do it early on. Jesse had these systems in place early on. I didn't have that mentorship when I started in real estate Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do that. And um, if you listen to our last episode, I think it kind of shows some of our personality actually, honestly. And I'm more of a free, (laughs) free creative vibe, which is why I love my paper planners because I like the stickers and the colors and the pens and whatever. But anyways, it is good. Do it now. Even if you're new, get on a digital system for your calendar. It's mm-hmm. huge for your boundaries. I think another thing for me that I try to do is I'm very upfront with my clients about my schedule. Um, I I tell them that they're not my only clients, not in a rude way, of course, right. but I just let them know that hey, like I have multiple clients in the same phase as you right now. I have multiple clients showing. And I tell them how I run my showing operation. So I tell them, hey, I usually reach out to clients on a Wednesday or Thursday. And I'm like, hey, have you seen anything? Do you want to schedule some time? Because I'm starting to fill up my weekend. And I I have that conversation with them. And then I go and I block that time off on the calendar. And I say, I am showing such and such clients Saturday morning, such and such clients Saturday afternoon, such and such clients Friday afternoon or whatever. Right. And then when that time gets closer, I will reach out to them again and we'll create a list. And then I go and I schedule all of the showings and I I work my magic that way. But I tell them how I operate my showing system versus letting them be like, when are you available or when, or can we go see this one house today or something? And of course there are always exceptions to the rule. Like I don't live and die by that, but I just, I think it's so important that either you control your schedule or your schedule controls you. And so I am very upfront with my clients about my schedule and transparent with them about how it works. If you're currently letting your clients run your schedule, then you're going to have a hard time. You're going to burn out. (laughs) You will. And and this is the thing, like when you have a client call you or ask you for a time and it's not available, you say, oh, I'm so sorry. That time is actually already booked or I'm already, you know, I already have a prior commitment, but I am available 
this time and this time. Give them two other times. I haven't ran into a situation yet where my clients are upset about this. Right. They're still going to get into whatever they need to. They still have options and we're going to make it happen. And I think offering the uh, additional times is key because think about it. If you text somebody and you're like, hey, I'm looking to X, Y, Z on this date, this time, and they just respond to you and they're like, oh, sorry, I'm not available. Then you're well, like, well, crap, we're, like, I'm going to have to go somewhere else for this service. And we don't want that yeah. to happen either, right? And so definitely offering them alternative times and days is super important to, again, maintain that relationship with your clients. And if you've, it's just so important to set up the expectation with clients, I think, for the entire process, like, and not letting them guess about it. Exactly. Or something. I just think that's so important. Don't be wishy-washy. Be direct. <laughs> yeah. And and also know that you don't have to disclose what your other appointments are. I mean, if it is you getting your hair done, then cool story. Just say I'm already I already have prior commitments on that day, you know, but I have these times available. So don't feel bad about it. Don't give you don't have to give an explanation. You're a business owner if you called up you know, any other business, big corporations, they wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's actually um, my hair appointment that day. And then I have to go get my grocery pickup. So actually I'm available here. Mm-hmm. No, they just say, oh, that time is booked. Yeah. <laughs> Don't feel bad about that. And I, I like to, I'm pointing that out now because I have had agents, they're like, how do you, how do you schedule that? How do you say it to clients? And it sounds Mm -hmm. so trivial, but it is something that a lot of business owners struggle with because you know your schedule, right? And so if you're probably everybody in your business, you're the marketing person, the scheduling person, the showing agent, (laughs) whatever your business is, you may struggle with this. So anyways, another thing, sorry to kind of cut you off. Um, I also have gotten to a point where I don't take clients that are under a certain price point in certain areas. Um, Again, that sounds kind of rude, but at the end of the day, this is my business. And I not only have like business expenses that I have to take care of, but this is also how I pay my mortgage, my car payment, my groceries and things like that. Um, And so honestly, if the numbers don't work, then it doesn't make sense to take that client. It's great advice. Especially if they're like a buyer client. It's not a secret. Buyer's agents are driving all over for their clients. And I live in like the corner of the valley. In the East Valley. And it doesn't make sense for me to take someone in the opposite corner when it takes me an hour and a half to get over there. Right. To show them homes, I'm doing them a disservice. I'm doing myself a disservice. And the cool thing in real estate is you can refer that person to an agent that's in that area and get a referral fee. Exactly. Like, hey, here's this client. And I've done that and I've gotten paid on referrals. Don't be, don't, don't be so, you know, and it's hard when you're newer and you are really hungry and you want the work, Right. But you do need to set yourself up for success. And maybe you take a few clients in the West Valley if you're not very busy. You know, for us, we call it the East and the West Valley, wherever you are. Um, But it is important that you start to recognize where you could have burnout. Or maybe you're unhappy driving all the way to the West Valley, 45 minutes away, hour away, whatever it is. And you're like, you know, this just doesn't really work. Especially, you know, I have the same rule as Jesse. I have kids. And, you know, for me, realistically, to have to go an hour and a half or more away 
from where I typically service for my clients. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't really make sense. And, and if you're struggling with this, do the math at the end of the day, is it worth it? You have car insurance, you have gas, you have drive time, you have your babysitters, Mm -hmm. you, you like add it all up and really see, is it worth it to go show Um, and like Jesse said, it's not being rude, but you know, if they have a a lower price point, it may not equate to, you know, the right margin that you need. And that's how businesses operate. Yep. You don't, you have to operate as a business, you know, treat yourself as a business so that you are actually in the green, you're profitable, you're making wise business decisions. This isn't personal. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, Because I can just hear someone being like, well, how do you tell somebody? How do you tell somebody that? And for me, I will tell them like, oh, you know, I ask them where they're looking to purchase. I qualify them up front because I don't want to waste their time, nor do I want to waste mine. That's where those buyer calls come into play. And so I will ask them where they're looking. And then if they say it's in an area that's a little bit too far out of my range, I say, oh my gosh, that's great. Unfortunately, that is a little bit too far out of my current service range. And I've just found that I'm not able to service clients looking in those areas as as well as I want to. And you deserve a positive experience. However, I know an agent that is in that area, I would be more than happy to connect you to and they can take you from there. How does that sound? And And then most of the time, they're like, that's perfect because I'm Telling them, uh, like, I'm creating a problem, right? right? Because I'm not able to help them, but I'm also providing them with a solution and saying, here's an agent that can help you in that area. Exactly. And most of the time people just want, they want options and they want ease. So exactly right, Jesse. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. As long as you're coming in with a solution to the problem, then they're usually very receptive. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for you that popped up. So sure. when you set up like your Calendly, do you, uh, you know, have like questions in there? Cause I know like when I've set up my Calendly, I kind of do. And I'd like to talk about that. If other listeners sure. are maybe setting up their Calendly, that might be a question for them. Like what kind of qualifying questions maybe do you have set up already in there? Yeah. So I actually just recently started doing this and I'm really glad that I did. So I will ask them, um, you know, their name and their phone number, first of all, and then Calendly requires their email um, so that it can send them notifications. So I already have all their contact info. Then I will ask them, how did you hear about me? Because I'm always just interested, like, did you hear me hear hear about me on social media or a referral or, you know, wherever. And then I ask them if they're on Instagram, I ask them what their handle is because I want to go follow them. Oh, that's a I want to return the favor and make sure that I can associate a name with this person. Um, cause I've had it happen where like I have clients and then I'm not following them on Instagram and they're constantly engaging with me. And then I'm like, Oh my God, like I put two and two together. Yeah. I've totally done that. So I ask them, you know, I ask it, what's your handle on Instagram and then put NA if you're not on Instagram. Then I ask them, uh, what areas are they most interested in purchasing in? Um, and they'll usually list those out. Then the last question I ask, I think, is have you spoken with a, a lender yet about a pre-qualification? It's okay if you haven't in right. parentheses because I don't want them to think that's a prerequisite to talking with me. I just want to know if they've started that conversation with someone else. Right. And I love those questions. And so I'll get those confirmation emails from Calendly. 
and I'll breeze over that. I love reading them too. Yes. I have some questions very similar to yours. I will add, I have one one question that's a little yeah. bit different. What is it? Um, I actually ask them what their timeline is. How soon are you hoping to make a purchase that's or a make good a move? Question. And then they'll usually put, you know, two to three months or four to six months or, you know, 12 months or longer. And then I have a good idea of like, okay, they have, you know, longer to go. Maybe they need more help as far as credit goes. I can kind of make some decent assumptions every now and again. Right. Yeah. And so I will look over those questions. I'm sure you do as well. And if, if that particular person is not in my service area, I will text them and I will let them know. And I go through that same process and I tell them, Hey, you know, I saw that you're looking to purchase in this area and so on and so forth. And again, I'm creating a problem because I'm telling them I can't help them, but then offering a solution by being willing to connect them with an agent in their area. And I think that's super important. And I think there's just the right people will respect that and the wrong people won't, but that's okay because they're the wrong people. They're they're the wrong people. You don't want to work with them anyways. So I love all of that. I feel like we covered a lot of really good ways that people can actually today go out there, action items, Mm -hmm. and go set up some boundaries. If you're struggling with this, of course, maybe you need to sit down and you need to think about from your put your business hat on. Mm-hmm. You are now the business owner. Think about other business owners, big businesses. How do they run and operate, right? And create your business hours. What are your policies and what are your procedures? What are where are your service areas? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's your and it kind of goes back to who's your ideal clients. Yeah. What are, what kind of income do they have? Where you know where are we at with that? And really think about it. It's your business model. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that this was, you know, decently helpful for you guys so that you have some takeaways that you can go and implement today Yes, in your business. And don't be afraid to, to utilize trial and error because that's ultimately how we have come to our current business models, if you will. Try exactly. something out. And if it works, keep it. If it doesn't work, make an adjustment and try again. It doesn't have to work right off the bat. Exactly, exactly. And it can change too with different seasons, you know, yes. you're, you know, maybe you don't have kids yet, but you will have kids and that kind of shifts a little bit. You want to be there to pick your kids up from school. Okay, cool. Well, that's when you're off work. You know, mm-hmm. I have totally adjusted certain hours because of that. Yes, absolutely. Again, such a great episode. I hope you guys were able to grab something from this episode. Make sure to subscribe, leave us a rating and review. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. Our podcast is at Socially Modern and mine is at Miss MS Jesse Lockhart. And mine is at Hey Stephanie Mainville. Awesome. Have a great week, you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.